Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. Viagra. Take some Viagra for the game, baby. That'll put that circulation going right. I, I don't so, know how to move uh, off of that. I don't have any medical background, so I can't. I don't really have a, a response to that. But you, you played, so the, you must of, know I, something. A lot of us take Viagra, right? Because Viagra opens up the blood vessels. A lot of us take Viagra. What do you mean? A, a lot, lot of, of a lot of NFL <laughs> players, at least in my day, took Viagra because it opens up the blood vessels. Well, there he is, Bart Scott today on ESPN Greenberg Show. Although Greenberg wasn't there. Oh, he has, he's like never works anymore. I don't know what's up with that guy. I know he had COVID for a little bit, but the guy's never in the studio. Bart Scott's solution for Josh Allen and his circulation problems, Viagra. And really, I cannot stand Bart Scott. I don't think he's very good on TV. I think he's kind of, everybody thought he was going to be the star because of his personality when he played for the Jets and Remember, the guy's always talkative. Remember, he wouldn't say Brady's name. Like, he wouldn't call him by name. The guy was a loser. But nonetheless, I mean, that's one of the most underrated bad losses of the Patriots era. Oh, man. Not to say it was as painful as, like, the Giants' Super Bowls. But that loss to the Jets when the Patriots were 14-2. and Brady was incredible that season. He won the MVP. They lost to that Jets team, who they beat by, like, 60. They lost to that team at home in the postseason. That sucked. I mean, that was a tough one as swallow and I remember I was in college at the time in Syracuse New York there was a lot of Jets fans there which absolutely sucked because I thought there was no way how the hell were the Patriots gonna lose to that team and I believe is that the year that's the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl or was that the following seat or was that when the Saints won the Super? it was one of those two years but nonetheless the Patriots should have been in the Super Bowl that particular season, they were loaded from an offensive perspective, and they lost to Bart Scott and that crew. Remember Bart Scott, the can't wait thing? I mean, that was a joke. But anyway, his advice to Josh Allen was take Viagra. I mean, come on. Hey, give me a break. But anyway, I want to get to this. So, Saturday night could not come soon enough. 
because I feel like we are getting into this game, and I'm not on tomorrow, but I feel like we are going through every single detail of what could possibly happen in this game. So what are your biggest concerns against Buffalo, and how are you feeling? How do the Patriots put together an upset? What's the formula for the Patriots to upset the Bills on Saturday night? 617-779-7937 is the number. So the first thing I look at here is they have got to find a way for Mac Jones to get the ball out quickly. And that's when I look at who is the pressure on in this game. I feel like a lot of it is on Josh McDaniels because you can only ask so much of these players based on who they are in terms of their skill set. You can't just all of a sudden turn it on when it comes to the postseason. We've seen this team for the majority of the season from an offensive perspective. They don't have stars on that side of the football. I mean, you could really look at it up and down in terms of the AFC playoff teams and say, well, where do the Patriots rank in terms of the weaponry? Probably the worst in the entire conference, right? When you start to think about what the Chiefs have, we know with Tyree Kill and with Travis Kelsey, now that the Titans are getting healthier and they have A.J. Brown, who's an absolute stud. Cincinnati, you don't even have to discuss them with Jamar Chases of the world and the T. Higgins of the world. Even a team like the Raiders, they're getting back Darren Waller for this game, and Hunter Renfro's had a really good season for them. So when you go up and down the list of these teams in the AFC in terms of the weapons they have, even Pittsburgh, who isn't very good, they got a guy like Najee Harris out of the backfield. I mean, maybe that would be the one team that the Patriots have better weapons than, but I don't even really consider the Steelers to be a playoff team. They're a pinata for the Chiefs. The Chiefs missed out on the bye week, but essentially they get a bye week, and maybe this works out for them because the Chiefs, remember, their defense really came on, and then they sucked the last two weeks. The Chiefs' defense has not been good the last two weeks of the season against Cincinnati, a good offense, and Denver, a pitiful offense. So maybe it helps the Chiefs get back on track with everything. Maybe it actually works in their favor playing this weekend. But you get the point. The Patriots are not all of a sudden. You're not going to get this heroic performance from Jacoby Myers or Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith. Like, that's just not going to happen. We haven't seen it all season long. You can't just expect something to happen that we haven't seen all year. And that's why, and I mentioned this briefly last night, I feel like a lot of this is on Josh McDaniels and his ability to scheme this up and get guys open. So when you look at it on the year and you go back to that Bills game, one of Mac's worst games, he did not have a lot of help from his receivers. Now, part of that is he's 14 of 32 in that particular game. So 43.8 in terms of his completion percentage, he had a 31.4 rating. But if you look at it on the season, the Patriots receivers are 13th, or the Patriots in general as a team, because it counts running backs, are 13th in yak yards per game at 116. So slightly above average there, right? Although a lot of that came against bad competition because the Patriots get to play the Jets twice. They played a team like the Texans, who they had to come back against. But they played a lot of garbage teams. You get the point. So if you look at what they did in the Bills game, now, as I mentioned, Mac Jones only 14 completions there, 64 yak yards in that game. So you're talking about down 52 yards from your season average. And that's the key to this game. Can these guys find yards after the catch? Because the reality is, and we've seen it throughout the season, the more time Mac has in the pocket, the worse it gets for Mac Jones. When he can make a quick decision, when he can get the ball out of his hands quickly, that's when Mac Jones is at his best. But when he has to sit there in the pocket, he's not comfortable. We saw it over time with Tom Brady, those second reaction plays. It's not the same thing as a Pat Mahomes who will get outside the pocket and make something happen. Even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, know what Drew Brees and Tom Brady did. And the reason I bring those guys up, because they're similar to the way that Mac wants to play, 
Tom Brady would always slide up in the pocket. Mac Jones, when his first read isn't there, he gets really, really skittish. And it's not like all of a sudden Mac Jones has developed since that game against the Miami Dolphins, and he's going to be more comfortable with those second reaction plays. And that's why maybe this is unfair to put this all on Josh McDaniels, but he's going to have to find a way to get these guys open for Mac Jones because if he doesn't, it's not going to happen. We've seen it. When Mac Jones has time in the pocket and he has to think about things and his first read is taken away, he's screwed. It's like he knows where he's supposed to go, and if that option isn't there, he's screwed. He doesn't have the ability to sit back and be calm in the pocket even if a pass rush isn't there, even if the pass rush isn't inevitable. He can't do it right now. Maybe in a couple of years he'll be able to do that. He'll process the information. He'll be able to stay in the pocket longer and be productive in those second reactionary plays, if you will. But right now he's not there. And the numbers across the board would dictate that. And teams have now figured that out with Mac Jones. So if you look at it this season, Mac Jones, when he has less than two and a half seconds in the pocket, he's a great quarterback. 96.6 rating. He completes 73.3% of his passes. More than 2.5 seconds. Mac Jones completes 60.3% of his passes. So the completion percentage drops off by 13% when he has that time in the pocket. So he's a much better player when he can make those quick decisions. And that's true for a lot of quarterbacks, but especially a guy like Mac, where it's as if he panics when what's supposed to happen doesn't happen, right? Mac Jones, we know the guy's all in his playbook. He doesn't do anything besides football and hang out and eat cookies with his girlfriend. That's his life, and they get a puppy and all that. That's pretty much all he does. So he knows what he's supposed to be doing. The problem is defenses are taking away his first and his second read, and when he has to keep going through those progressions, that internal clock in his head is going off, and he's not able to make those plays that are necessary that we've seen quarterbacks over time where, okay, this is taken away, this is taken away, i got to sit back, i got to relax, and i got to make this play. Mac's not there yet as a player. So if you look at it, teams have figured this out. So if you look at the Indianapolis Colts, where Mac was bad in that game. Now, I give him credit. He fought back in that fourth quarter. But remember, Mac in that game completes 57.8% of his passes. He was 26 of 44, and he had those two awful interceptions, right? The one... To Darius Leonard, when you have an opportunity to put points on the board at the end of the half, and then the one where O'Karake makes a nice play on that, but the throw is late and it needs to be out more. He couldn't make the play there. So in that particular game, Mac Jones, 3.15 seconds to throw. So as we mentioned, when Mac throws, when it's under 2.5 seconds, he's good. When it's over 2.5 seconds, he's not good. Andy took advantage of that 3.15 seconds. And the reason I say that is teams... There, early on in the season, we saw teams bringing heat against Mac. Like, he was one of the most blitzed quarterbacks in the NFL early on in the season. But as it went on, teams realized, oh, he's actually good against this. He can figure it out. He can hit the hot receiver. That's easy for Mac Jones to do. But as the season went on, when teams said, okay, let's play more coverage. We don't need to bring extra guys. Let's let him sit in the pocket and see if his receivers can get open for him. And we've seen throughout the season they haven't been able to do that. You look at the Buffalo game last time these two teams squared off. Mac Jones, 3.17 seconds to throw in that game. And that was the worst game of the season for Mac, right? We alluded to it. 43.8% was the completion percentage. He was 14 of 32 in that particular game. So in that situation, Buffalo did the same thing. Hey, we believe that our defensive backs are good enough to hold up in coverage. So if Mac Jones has to sit back there in the pocket, he's not going to be productive. They played the numbers and they were right. Even if you go back to early on in the season, the first game we saw this in was against the Chargers. And the reason that it didn't become an issue against the Chargers was because of the fact that the Patriots won the game. 
But if you go back to that Chargers game, that was one of the worst games Mac has played all season long. Buffalo was the worst, but this was a bad game that the Patriots just won. Mac was not good in that Chargers game, if you remember. That was more about the defense, and they confused Herbert, et cetera. But if you look at that game, Mac in that one, 18 of 35, so 51.4%, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was over that 2.5 seconds threshold, 2.81 seconds to throw. So those are three games, and you could argue three of Mac's worst games of the season, Indy, Buffalo, and the Chargers, where it was over that two-and-a-half-second threshold. So this is what teams are going to do to Mac continuously until he proves he can be calm in the pocket and he can make plays. Like, the guy is such a computer, right? It's like this happened to Peyton Manning, too, early on in his career. When his, when his reads were not there, he kind of broke down and he combusted, right? We saw that early on against the Patriots when Manning was first getting going with that Colts team. And we've seen it with Mac over the past couple of weeks. The blueprint is play coverage and take away Mac's first and second reads and see if he can beat you. And so far, it's not as if he's proven he can beat anybody. He's proven he can lose the game for you, right? Because Mac Jones, over the past four games, he's been a turnover machine, the five interceptions. So he's got to figure out a way to be more calm in those situations long-term. But I don't see that happening on Saturday night against Buffalo. So that's why I come back to Josh McDaniels. McDaniels has got to find a way to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. And the number one guy I look at in this situation is Kendrick Bourne. So if you look at Kendrick Bourne on the season, and by the way, Kendrick Bourne was not a big factor in that first game against the Bills because he was coming off COVID. He didn't practice that week. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's not. But he was only targeted four times. He had two receptions for 33 yards. But if you look at Kendrick Bourne on the season, he's the best yak receiver slash tight end on this team, if you will. Now, John o. Smith has some good numbers, but we'll get into that in just a little bit here. But Bourne, seven yak yards per reception. So for every reception, he's getting seven yards after the catch. That is sixth amongst, amongst non-running backs. So he is elite. And the reason running backs are so high, obviously, is they get little dump-offs, right? But in terms of non-running backs, he's sixth in the NFL in that particular category. He was not a big part of the game plan last time the Patriots lost to the Bills. Kendrick Bourne is the guy that has to be a key contributor to this offense on Saturday night if the Patriots are going to have any chance to beat the Bills because they're going to have to make things happen after the catch. And secondarily, they're going to have to find a way to get the ball in the playmaker's hands quicker than they were doing it last time against Buffalo, which the reality is they weren't really doing it last time against Buffalo. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Who needs to step up for this Patriots offense on Saturday? My number one guy is Josh McDaniels. He's got to scheme it up. Number two on this list for me is Kendrick Bourne. I'll get into this in greater detail in just a little bit. Plus, one thing about Josh Allen that has me thinking the Patriots can win this game. I'll get into that in just a little bit here on WEI. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're right back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So who needs to step up? Who needs to perform at a high level for this Patriots offense on Saturday in order for them to win? Number one on my list is Josh McDaniels, and maybe it's a little bit unfair to just point to Josh McDaniels, but he's got to scheme it up. He doesn't have players that are good enough to just win on their own, so he has got to find a way to get the ball in his playmaker's hands early and often in this game. 617-779. 7937 is the number. Number two on my list is Kendrick Bourne because he is the best yak guy on the Patriots that actually contributes at a high level. John o. Smith is over eight yards yak per reception, but the problem is the guy can't catch the ball. So I can't depend on that guy. It would be nice if this was the game that John o. Smith actually shows up because this is the game you need him for. You need him to be the playmaker with the ball in his hands. The problem is I don't see the Patriots relying on that guy whatsoever because he hasn't done it all season long. Now, one interesting side note before I get to the Josh Allen portion of this game is this whole thing with the Bills is sort of fascinating to me in terms of the ticket prices. So you can get tickets to this game under $30 to a playoff game. So this was via the Buffalo News today, or I should say this is from the Buffalo News yesterday. Stephen T. Watson, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen T. Watson's work, but this is what he wrote yesterday in the Buffalo News. The Buffalo Bills wildcard game against the New England Patriots is the team's first home playoff game at full capacity in 25 years. Think about that. 25 years it's been for the Bills. Of course, they played at home last year, but yet had all the COVID-19 restrictions. He goes on to say it's Saturday night. It's a Saturday night contest, making it more convenient for fans traveling here from out of town against its marquee opponent, the New England Patriots. So why are so many tickets available to buy at a low price? Blame two things everyone is talking about, the weather and the pandemic. With Predicted game time temperatures approaching zero degrees. Some fans are choosing to watch the game from the warmth and the comfort of their homes. Further, the government policy requiring Canadian visitors to take a COVID-19 test before returning to their home country is putting a chill on interest from thousands of fans in the country. Because, of course, they get a lot of fans from Canada coming down for games. 
And fear of the spread of the Omicron variant combined with the vaccine mandate for everyone attending the game is also likely keeping some fans away. The effect is clear when you look at the ticket resale sites. Mid-afternoon, this is Wednesday, about 5,600 tickets were available for resale on Step Up, almost double the number listed one day earlier. It's crazy, man, if you think about it, how available these tickets are for Bills fans where it's the first time in 25 years they've been able to have a playoff game at full capacity and nobody wants to go. And quite frankly, from my perspective, I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to go to this game. First of all, I feel like the NFL, and maybe this is, maybe they've hurt themselves by doing this, although it's tough to say the NFL has hurt themselves in any way because they're making so much money. But the product on TV is so good now, especially during the regular season, like when you have red zone available too. you have two TVs, you got the Patriots on one, you got the red zone on the other. When you have some of these controversial calls during the game, you miss stuff, right? I like now some of these announce like Feely was horrible. Spiro Ditas is a clown like those guys suck. But I do enjoy at least hearing the game call when I'm actually watching the NFL games because there's so much stuff like the NBA game. You don't really miss anything when you're at the game. The NFL game you do because you're trying wait, what what's the call? Why are they doing this? Can we see the replay on that? I just feel like it's a much better experience from a viewer's perspective to watch it in your living room. And I would not want to be in this type of temperature. I don't like the cold, so I would not want to be in this type of temperature watching a game. It just doesn't sound like fun to me, especially when it's that late. I mean, I get the tailgating experience and all that, but it's crazy to see how low these prices are for a playoff game in Buffalo. I'm wondering if now Patriots fans will start to buy some of those and say, yeah, maybe I'll go to Buffalo. But that does kind of suck. If you're coming from Canada and you have to get a negative COVID test to get back over there. Now, I also was reading something along the lines that the Bills have been, not the Bills, not like the team, but in the arena or in the stadium, I should say, they've been really strict about the vaccines. Like, if you go to a Celtics team, it's really not that strict. I mean, you, <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it, but, like, you could show a fake vaccine card and get in there very easily. Apparently, they're, like, really strict. When I went in, I so I went a couple weeks ago. They check, they, they check your vaccine card. Yeah, they check an ID with it now. I was there last Saturday, and they the line was down Causeway Street because they check your ID with the vaccine card. But do they actually read the... Like, read your name? Yeah, like, they verify the names. I gave mine, and they just, like, it was, like, real quick. I think it might be because of the new indoor vaccine mandates, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is, because you went there more recently than I did, so maybe it is. But when I went there, it was, like, very easy. It's like, okay, here, it was my vaccine card. So I felt like it was a very easy experience. But apparently, like, it was difficult last time or a couple of times for Bills fans there. I don't know, but I agree with them for the most part. I would not be going to this game. I'd much rather watch it from my couch, not to mention – the drinks are cheaper and all that. I would do that if I was a fan of the Buffalo Bills. So I don't blame them for this whatsoever. But I did want to get to Josh Allen for a second here. So I'll get into there's a certain something that I think Belichick and company can take advantage of on Saturday night. But before that, just the pressure that Allen and McDermott are under in this game, I believe it's immense. Now, maybe they feel really confident entering this game because of what they did to the Patriots last time out and they were dominant in that game. I mean, the Patriots somehow had a chance in that game. 26-21, they had a chance in that game. And J.C. Jackson, of course, dropped the interception. But they had a chance to win that game as poorly as they played and as well as Josh Allen played in that particular game. But so it felt like, okay, you took back the division. Now this is your opportunity to make a run in the postseason. And you got to dispose of the Patriots again. This is not the type of matchup I would want if I was the Buffalo Bills. Another team I would not have wanted to see is the Indianapolis Colts because these are two teams that can run the ball. And if the Bills have struggled in any area this season, 
It's when they get outmanned. They get out physical. Now, when it turns into a basketball game, right, and when Josh Allen can just open it up and it turns into a shootout, the Patriots have no chance against the Bills whatsoever. But if the Patriots can play this game on their terms, that's the thing that I would fear if I'm a fan of the Bills. If the Patriots get out to a lead, you're not stopping the Patriots running the football. They proved in the game last time where the Buffalo Bills decided, let's take everything away from the Patriots in terms of the running game, and we'll stack the box. We'll have eight-man boxes 33% of the time against Damian Harris. He still ran the ball effectively against you. So if the Patriots get ahead in this game, it's the worst nightmare for the Bills because the one issue that the Bills have from a defensive perspective, they have one of the best secondaries in the league, even with Tredavious White out of the equation. That is a great passing defense. But what the Bills are not great at is their rushing defense. They have not been great as a rushing defense all season long they're about 13 so they haven't been good in that particular arena and that's why i look at it if you get tight in this game and you didn't don't get we talk about the patriots getting off to a good start if the bills don't get off to a good start in this game that's the team where okay you put some real pressure on them if you're the patriots right because they're the team that's supposed to win they're the team that's in their home stadium they're the team that had super bowl aspirations prior to the season and if they're playing uphill, not to say that the Bills aren't capable of doing it, because we've seen it. I mean, they almost came back against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I really feel like from a Bills perspective, that second half sort of turned their season around. Because it felt like, oh man, the Bills had just lost to the Patriots on Monday night. They're getting killed. Remember, what was it, 21-3 to or 24-3 to at halftime? And the Bills came roaring back in the second half of that game. And it felt like at halftime, I felt personally like, oh man, maybe the Bills are really done. But they turned their season around at that particular point in time, and they've turned it on since then, and they look like a much better team. But the problem for them is this. They can come back. They have the capabilities of coming back because they have the Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox, although he wasn't good against the Patriots. We saw what McKenzie can do, and we know what Josh Allen can do. But the problem is, in this type of situation, when you are the favorite, this is not a role that that particular roster, that Bills team is used to. They're not used to being in that situation where they're the heavy favorite, and then if they fall behind, all the pressure goes on them. That's why, and I know it sounds like cliche to say this at a football game, but it's so imperative for the Patriots to get off to a quick start because the Bills do have the ability to come back, although I do feel like that puts a lot of pressure on them. From a Patriots perspective, you fall behind, you fall in a hole like they did last week against the Dolphins, 17 to nothing. The Dolphins let you back in that game because their offense is not good. What a two to throw for in the second half. Like 20 yards? I mean, the guy was horrible in the second half. He was wretched. So when you look at it from that perspective, like the Patriots in that game had a chance because Tua was so bad. It's not going to happen. If the Bills get up 17 to nothing on you, see ya. I mean, good night. Game's over. But if you can put some pressure on this team, then you really got yourselves an opportunity to win this thing. But I did want to get to this with Josh Allen for a second here. So last time against... The Patriots, Josh Allen, it he felt like Superman in that game, right? And even though, I mean, he did throw the ball to you at the end of the game and you g- couldn't get the interception if you were J.C. Jackson. But one of the things that stuck out to me, just like looking through some of the numbers with Josh Allen, he's been insane this year. Now, not as good as last year, but he's been really good. And I feel like there's been more pressure on ja- Josh Allen this year compared to last year in terms of they, they didn't have a run game last year, but this year, I mean, it's it's been even worse for them. I mean, it's really pathetic, the fact that they can't run the ball whatsoever. They they really asked Josh Allen to do everything. Like, he is legitimately just carrying that offense. And it's been that way all season long. And really, I think they dug into something against that Bucks game, in that Bucks game, rather, what he was doing in the RPO game. He wasn't, he was actually ripping it out of the running back's belly and running it himself. 
He wasn't looking to pass. They decided at halftime, hey, let's run the ball. Dayball must have told him at halftime, hey, let's run it. And he was really effective doing that. And ever since that point, it seems like they've gone to Josh Allen running the football more, even though he had that little foot injury. But if you look at it, okay. So Josh Allen, when he has more than two and a half seconds in the pocket, he has 13 interceptions. That's tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most in the NFL. Matthew Stafford's right there with 12. So Josh Allen, more time in the pocket, two and a half seconds, completing just 55% of his passes as well. Quarterback ratings at 82. Now, when he has less than two and a half seconds in the pocket, he completes 69.2% of his passes, 20 touchdowns, just two picks compared to the 13 picks when he has more than two and a half seconds. And his quarterback rating, his passer rating is at 99.5. So if you think about it, what did Bill do last time? Well, Bill gave him time in the pocket. 3.34 seconds he had in terms of time to throw against the Patriots. And that was the second most in the entire NFL that week. And Allen burnt him. Allen went 30 of 47. Not that that's an unreal completion percentage, 63.8. But he threw for 314 yards. He had a passer rating of 104.4. And he was actually patient in that game. Intended air yards, just 6.8. So that's compared to a season average. He's at 8.6. That's seventh at the NFL. He was down to 6.8. So Josh Allen was patient. Josh Allen took what the defense gave him. But here's the thing. If you're Belichick and if you're Gerard Mayo, if he's not focused on the Texans right now, and if you're Steve Belichick, what would you do? Would you play the numbers? Because the numbers tell you that Josh Allen, when it comes to that particular scenario, when you give him time in the pocket, and you actually say, hey, sit back and try to go down the field methodically against us, he's actually struggled when it comes to that for the most of his career. For the bulk of his career, even this season, when teams have given him time in the pocket, we've seen Josh Allen struggle. Heck, I mean, you can go back to the game a couple of weeks ago when the Falcons, who have no pass rush whatsoever, they gave Josh Allen a ton of time in the pocket. He had one of his worst games of the year. So in that game, 11 of 26 for a buck 20, no touchdowns. He had three interceptions. Now, he was effective running the ball, 15 for 81, but the point being, against an Atlanta defense that isn't very good, does not get after the quarterback whatsoever. They have, at one point, they were last in the NFL in pressure rate. So when you look at it from that perspective, Atlanta said, well, we can't get after Josh Allen. We're going to sit back, give him time in the pocket, see if he can go up and down the field on us, and he couldn't do it. The Patriots have better personnel. Now, they have a really good corner in A.J. Terrell, but other than that, the Patriots have better personnel, of course, than the Atlanta Falcons from a defensive perspective. So when you look at it in that way, will Bill play the math again? I say he does. Now, it's going to have to be a little bit different than it was last game because it got to a certain point in that second half where you're like, okay, um, yeah, so he's kind of figured this out. He's kind of having himself a day right now. So I believe what the Patriots need to do is it's going to be timely blitzes because you don't want to be doing it too frequently because when Josh Allen, as he's matured as a quarterback, when he gets the ball out of his hands quickly, he's making big plays. That's when the bulk of his big plays come. But when he has to sit back in the pocket and you don't let him get outside and run the football, right? That's one thing that the Patriots, obviously, they're going to be laser focused in on that come Saturday night because we saw that actually burn the Patriots a couple of times when guys get too far upfield. They got to make sure they keep him in the pocket And secondarily, Bill and Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo, they have got to figure out a way to bring timely blitzes against Josh Allen. Because one of the things that we saw last time is they just did the same thing over and over again. And when you're going up against a great quarterback like Josh Allen, 
you got to at least put it in his mind a couple of times, right? So last time it felt like the Patriots didn't want to blitz Josh Allen whatsoever. This time I think there's got to be a combination of the two things. But I would say more so than anything else, the Patriots should be in a coverage situation where they're making Josh Allen go 10, 11, 12 plays down the field. That's what they need to do. That's when Josh Allen has struggled recently against a team like the Atlanta Falcons. And on the season, he's tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most interceptions when he has more than two and a half seconds to throw in the pocket. But you also have to put it in. The, so if he just knows that, right, if he just knows, hey, the Patriots like last time, we're just going to play the same defense the entire game. If he knows what he's going up against, he's going to have success because he has the ability to say, okay, I know what they're doing. They're not bringing heat, and eventually my guys are going to win. If I'm holding the ball for more than three seconds, eventually my guys are going to win. So they have got to put it in his head that they are going to bring blitzes once in a while to confuse Josh Allen. And more importantly, maybe more so than anything else, the big thing that we got to get in this game from a Patriots perspective, the big thing that they need to get is Judon has got to show up, right? So the fact that, okay, you got to bring timely blitzes, you got to confuse him a little bit. But the other thing is Matthew Judon has to be the guy that we saw for the first 13 weeks of the season. He has not been that guy in a while. Judon has been a complete no-show over the past month or so. Now, maybe part of it, and we all know he had COVID, maybe part of it was COVID. Maybe part of it was he wasn't feeling well, and then he tested positive, and then he didn't have a whole week of practice, and he just wasn't there. But if you look at his last four games, it hasn't been good. No quarterback hits in his last four games. So what you need from him is to be, and it's imperative that he is the guy that for the first 13 weeks of the season, he was like in the conversation. He was a fringy candidate for the Defensive Player of the Year award because the Patriots don't have another guy on this defense that can get after the quarterback. They don't. I mean, they really don't have another guy that can consistently win. And what we saw for the majority of the season, Matthew Judon was consistently winning, and he was getting after quarterbacks, whether it be in the seven-game winning streak, whether it even be the first four weeks of the season. Remember, he was getting after Brady. He was putting pressure on the Buccaneers, and we know how quick Brady gets rid of the football. But that's been a, I don't want to say an underrated storyline, but because it's something that we've brought up here a lot locally over the past couple of weeks is the fact that Judon has not been the same player. But if you get Matthew Judon, fringy defensive player of the year candidate, then you're talking about a totally different situation come Saturday night. And I hope for the sake of the Patriots, I hope that it was a COVID situation with him, that the reason that he was struggling is because he was dealing with COVID and then he missed all that time with practice. Because if it's not that, then what is it? That would be the bigger concern. And that's when I'd start to look at it and say, okay, well, maybe he's been nursing an injury for a while. Maybe that's what's been going on with Judon is he's been actually – dealing with an injury situa situation rather for the past couple of weeks. And he's going to be a no-show again on Saturday night, right? So that's why I hope it's the COVID situation and not the injury because, it's, because if it's the injury, clearly it's not getting better over the past four weeks. So whatever it is, you look at it from the Patriots' perspective, they have to be hoping it's a COVID situation. Because if the guy's banged up, he's clearly not playing well as he's banged up. And why would we think all of a sudden when it's zero degrees out there against the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night, he's going to be the guy that we saw for the first 13 weeks of the season. So that guy's going to show up. That guy's going to be great on Saturday night, or you got no chance at winning this game whatsoever. But I do feel like Belichick is going to go back to that similar game plan, except now that they've had time to plan, they knew that it was a possibility that they were playing the Bills again and they're very comfortable playing against the Bills that they're going to come up with something. There's going to be a wrinkle in this game where they confuse Josh Allen. And just based on those numbers, the 13 interceptions after two and a half seconds in the pocket, 
I believe the Patriots are going to confuse him a couple of times. And even in the game where he was great, he tried to throw the game away. J.C. Jackson had a pick six. So even with, you go back to the game and they didn't punt, right? The Buffalo Bills didn't punt in that game. And the Patriots were outclassed. They were completely outplayed. Think about this. 26 to 21. Mac Jones was horrible in that game. He sucked. 26 to 21. The Patriots still had a chance. The reason is because those drives that the Bills had, they were long drives. They were 10, 11, 12 play drives. They weren't the quick drives that we've seen in the past, like against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, or like when we've seen the Bills really thrive against opponents this season, it's those quick drives. So because the Patriots were making Josh Allen go the length of the field, now he made you pay because when they got in the red zone, they were cashing in, unlike the first game in the monsoon, they couldn't cash in in the red zone. This time they did cash in in the red zone. So when you look at it, if the Patriots had one stop at the red zone or two stops in the red zone, it's a totally different game. So I do believe, even though it looks like when you look back at the game, you say, well, Josh Allen completely dominated. He was great in that game. And he went 10, 11, 12 plays. He answered the challenge from Bill Belichick. All that is true. But can you do it again? Because that's a very difficult thing to do on a week-to-week basis. Now, Brady, we know, can do it every week. We know Drew Brees could do it. But can Josh Allen do it again? He did it once against the Patriots. He couldn't do it against the Atlanta Falcons. Can he do it again on Saturday night? I truly believe Belichick is going to play those odds, and he's going to have a trick or two up his sleeve where he tries to catch Josh Allen. Heck, in the game that Josh Allen was almost perfect, J.C. Jackson, if he talking all week about Mr. INT, all this crap about he's an island, if he just comes up with that interception, we're talking about a totally different situation with the Bills, and the Patriots probably end up winning the division. All right, 617-779. 7937 is a number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So, what do you expect Belichick to have up his sleeve for Josh Allen on Saturday night? And what do you expect from the quarterback? 617-779-7937 is the number. Plus, I don't know what the hell is going on with the Houston Texans, but I would be scared to take that job. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on WEI. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. To it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, we're with you until midnight. So a couple of things that have to be avoided in this game, and they have become trends with the Patriots as of late, which does concern me because we're now talking about a 17-game season. This isn't a small sample size anymore. This is the entirety of the season. The first thing is the slow starts, and everybody thinks we're going to be talking about the offense when we mention slow starts. No, it's the defense. The Patriots' defense this year is 27th in points allowed in the first quarter. 27th at the NFL. They're first in the second and they're first in the fourth quarter in points allowed. So you can't go from being one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the first quarter to one of the best in the second quarter. They've got to be ready to play. And it's very uncharacteristic of a Belichick team to not be ready to play. In terms of the opening drives, they've given up a touchdown on six opening drives this season. Not nearly good enough. So they have got to be ready out of the gate. And I don't know why they're not. That's something that I haven't had a good I haven't heard a good rationale for why they're not ready to play out of the gate. It doesn't make any sense to me that this continues to happen. I would get it if it like happened in the first couple of weeks of the season 
when the Patriots are still getting used to each other, et cetera, a lot of new players on the roster. Like, you could justify it then, but why is it still happening? So that's going to be stopped. You cannot fall behind, as we've alluded to multiple times, with this Patriots team. The other thing is this. The Patriots' defense, really for the first 13 games of the season, but in particular during that seven-game winning streak, they were getting to the quarterback and they were turning you over. So if you look at the last four games for the Patriots, they had just four sacks. So one a game. The math's really easy there. During the seven-game winning streak, they had 19 sacks, at least two in every game but the Titans game where they had one. They had a game where they had five sacks, a game when they had four sacks, and a game when they had three sacks. So they were getting after the quarterback. Now they're not getting after the quarterback whatsoever. Now you got to be careful with Josh Allen because you can't get too far upfield, but you got to make him think about the pressure. You got to get to him a couple of times in this game. The other thing is this in this three game losing streak for the Patriots, or I should say when they've lost three of their last four, they have one interception that was against Carson Wentz. And remember that interception against Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm not putting the Jaguars game in this. I'm just looking at the three losses because Trevor Lawrence threw a couple of interceptions He threw two in that game. But if you look at the Colts, Dolphins, and Bills loss, you had one interception. During the seven-game winning streak, you had 13 interceptions. 13 of them! I mean, you're basically getting two interceptions per game. And I get it in terms of the other quarterbacks weren't good. But the reason I bring that up is this. The Patriots need to create extra possessions for their offense. And this defense was supposed to be great. It hasn't been for a while. And the Patriots, because their offense has been inept at times, they need extra cracks at it. They need the great field position. And the other thing with the defense in particular is the rush defense has got to be better. And look, I'm not telling you rush defense is important as it used to be, but it's still important. You can't be in a situation where the last four weeks you're giving up 153.7 yards per game on the ground. Okay? The only team in the NFL this year that's worse than that on the season is the Steelers at 146. So that's something that's got to be cleaned up. And look, the Bills don't have a lot of good running backs. I get it in terms of you're not scared of those guys, but you are worried a little bit about Josh Allen. And the last thing I'll mention, just in terms of how important it is for this Patriots team to get off to a quick start in this game, or so they, and the reason I say that is because if they get off to a quick start, that means that they can find a way to play this game on their terms. And we've seen the Patriots, when they're not playing on their terms, they really tend to struggle. And Mac Jones, in particular, tends to struggle. And I'm not telling you that he can never be good down the line coming back in games, but the reality of the situation is, at this point in time, when you look at Mac Jones, he's just not capable at this point in his career of coming back from a deficit of 14 points, a deficit of 17 points, and a lot of quarterbacks aren't. But if you look at it, the Patriots are a very on-schedule team. When they lose games, okay, the Patriots run the ball just 22 times a game, and they average about 93 yards. When they win games, they run the ball 33 times and they average a buck 50. Okay? When the Patriots win games, Mac Jones attempts about 26 attempts per game, 26.3 to be exact, and he has just three picks. When the Patriots lose games, Mac Jones is up more than 10 attempts, 36.9, and he has 10 interceptions. So 10 of his 13 interceptions this season have come in losses. That's when the Patriots are chasing. So it's imperative that the defense shows up early on in this game because if they don't and they get off to another slow start, you're putting your quarterback in a really difficult spot. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Danny. He's in Quincy. Danny, what's up, man? Sounds like a broken record, my friend. You know, slow start, got to get off to a fast start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
it's, it's, but Brian, did you did you ever check that out? I, I wanted to know how many times the, the defense, when they started on the field, got a three and out. Have they gotten any three and outs this season? How many times has the defense gotten a three and out? On the first time they've been out on the field, if they oh yeah, actually I do. I, out, oh yeah, hold on one sec. I'll get. I them. gave you that assignment a long time ago. So. So let's see. No, I got it in front of me. So okay, I just Saints, want to know have they had any three and outs this yeah. season when they've had to go on the field first. Saints, Jets, Panthers, Falcons, Titans, Bills, Colts. So that's wow. one, two. They have a lot. Okay. Yeah, but the, also, right. Danny, they've given up six touchdowns in the opening drive. All right. I, okay. I just didn't know. It seems like they never get they never get a three and out. But anyways, on, on the pass rush, it's hard to get a rush on a quarterback or a sack or whatever against the Colts when the guy only attempted five passes. So I got to give him a mulligan on that. So the stats could be a little deceiving. Well, yeah, Allen, no, that's a good point. Twelve passes, but yeah, five completions. But yeah, that's okay, a good five point. Five attempts, though. Yeah, right? no, that's a good point. I agree with you on that. That's All a good right. point. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to argue with you on that, but I, you know, I kind of thought about that. I'm like, yeah, no, the guy only attempted five passes. So, you, so that game's out on the on the Allen side of it. Again, they've got to they've got to split the defense kind of like in thirds. You have to you have to rush two guys. Two ends have to contain, and then you have your mid-level guys have to spy, and then the rest of the guys have to cover. And if you're telling me that Allen was getting, what do you, what'd you say, two and a half, three seconds in the pocket? He was over three last game, 3.14. Okay, he's over three. What does that mean? That means the coverage is there. Yeah. They were covering. Yeah. So they, you're no, right I, about yeah. one thing. So they have to send at the three-second mark. They're going to have to send somebody. Yeah, and Danny, that's why I look at Judon. Like, okay, so the Patriots, they played the numbers. Like, I I feel like Bill's game plan against the Bills was actually right, but the problem was his best defensive player wasn't getting after the quarterback. So if he's not going to get to the quarterback, you've got to bring another guy. All right, all right, I'll get to that. But but you you agree the coverage has got to be on a three-second. If the quarterback's got three seconds, the coverage is there. Well, yeah. The initial coverage is there. Yeah, and Danny, and remember then, that. And remember, then the secondary's off the hook as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Well, remember, and, and yeah, Danny, remember, I mean, you can't ask anybody to cover that long. Remember the third no, and ten. Remember after uh, uh, Mr. Shoot on thing. Yeah, well, okay, hold on one sec. After Mr. INT dropped that pick six when it was 26-21, <laughs> remember the oh. third and ten? Remember how long that route was that McKenzie ran? I mean, he ran all the way across the field. There's nothing Bryant can do about that. I mean, he's going to eventually beat you when you have to be in coverage that long. So, again, somebody's going to have to shoot the gap and get to uh, Allen to make him at least throw early. That's what happened on that thir- on the third and two. I keep going back to that yeah. that, that possession. But one thing on Judon, mm-hmm. you know, he's one player. He's one player. So, I mean, he gets he gets held on every play. I know I, I, I'm making I'm not making an excuse. The guy gets chokehold on every play. Five times he got chokehold against Tampa Bay. They only called it once. At some point in time, other guys like Hightower, Jamie Collins has disappeared. Where is he? He had that one interception. Yeah. And that he, he looked like he was on the up and up. He had that one nice pick that he had, and then he got hurt. And he hasn't been – Hightower hasn't made an impact. And then your, you know, Godchild guy, uh, Balmore, they have to pick up the slack. For, if Judon is uh, 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 something to be paid attention to, he's got to be taken. I don't know if he's getting double teamed or what, but if he's getting double teamed, somebody else has got to be open to be a one-on-one. And yeah, that, I agree with you on that. Okay, so uh, on the on the taking the ball first, that was that's just another thing that's driving me crazy. On the if the Patriots win the toss, take the ball. Well. <laughs> In the last Buffalo game, Buffalo won the toss and they deferred. The Patriots got the ball first and they went three and out and they got sacked. 
I mean, that was a disastrous possession. And they punted the ball. The Buffalo had the ball on their 39, and they went in and scored on their first drive. On their first drive. So it doesn't always work that way. Well, yeah. I say if you win the if the Patriots win the toss, defer and go on defense. I don't care. You if you're going to win or lose on defense. And so you might as well find out what you have on the first drive. I say let them let them have the ball in the cold weather and see what they can do with it. Hey. All you're going to do is make one stop on that initial drive, and then you got the ball, and then you got the possession in the second half. Yeah. Always defer. Yeah. I see where you're coming I mean, from, Danny. Always, but, Danny, I mean, before, exceptions, Danny, before I, I let you, I, I, Danny, I, I, hold on, hold on, before I let you go, I'm because sorry, go it, ahead. you've been watching this team for years. So, can you remember a team, a Patriots team that? defensively has not been ready to play so often, and secondly, has had this many special teams issues? Oh, that's a whole other issue. If they, I mean, if they, don't, if, they didn't, if they don't fix that Saturday night, they, yeah. they don't deserve to win. They're not, a, they're not a chance. I've never said they were a Super Bowl team anyways, Brian. I'm just happy that games are relevant, relevant in yeah. December and now January, and they got a playoff game. We're guaranteed one more game. But I, that is a completely different issue. I don't understand what the hell is going on with that. And one other, okay, so I'll, I'll, you know, so that one, I, I can't answer that one. That one is, uh, that's a, I don't know if it's football IQ or lack thereof. I don't understand it. Those are, those are just stupid classroom mistakes that you cannot make. But as far as. All right, so we lost Danny there. But anyway, his line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. So, yeah, the special team, I can't understand the special teams thing. Cam Accord there, I mean, he may have to be good. They may have to think about well, how, how good is this guy at his gig because it sucked. They've had three block punts. No other team's had two. Uh, that Lawrence guy penalty, inexcusable. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Who on this Patriots offense has to step up on Saturday night in order for them to win? And will Bill go back to a similar game plan that he had last time against the Bills? I think he will. Brian Barrett with you right here on WEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.